Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day Nick, how are you? I'm really good, Was. How are you? Good. I, I sort of swing between Nick or Coxie. I, don't, I can't settle on which nickname I want to call you. I will answer to both. <laughs> I've had a lot of nicknames in my time and they're two of the nicer ones. Ah, right. <laughs> That's a conversation uh, for another well, day. We'll save that for an Effort Friday. Um, yeah, I think so. And I'll, I'll keep that uh, family rated for this episode because this is this is one of our our regular. Well, they're all regular episodes, but yeah. um, today is one that I did a lot over the years, and I haven't done a real tradie story for a while. Uh, so it was cool to do one of these with you now that it's tradies in business, and we're yes. we're collabing um, to use the millennial speak. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> a real tradie story today with um, a mate of mine, um, Paul Dolly from Dolly Concreting, and uh, we intro him in, in the uh, the middle part of the show here. But we were just talking then. He's such a nice guy. Look, I, I, and I was just saying that it's really rare to meet somebody so authentic and switched on and humble all in the one package. I was really impressed. And even as he was leaving, because because uh, he came to my office uh, to record at this end, and you're in our Brisbane studio, yeah, uh, the, the Toowoomba studio and the Brisbane studio, yeah, yeah, which is a wanky way of saying my office or your office. That's right. Uh, but even as he was just leaving, I said, "Thanks, heaps, mate. That was awesome." And and he's like, "Oh, are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, mate. You spoke really wow. well, and you've got a great yes. story." He's like, "Yeah." I don't know, hey. <laughs> it's like it's this six foot tall, hundred and five kilo, you know, two hundred and fifty kilo back squatting beast of a man. And he's like, Yeah, I, I don't know, was it any good? <laughs> I, I, he nailed it. I, I thoroughly love today's podcast episode. I, I think our listeners will find a lot of value in it today. Oh, some absolute pearls of wisdom on, you know, Buying a business, growing a business, building a team, retaining staff, mm. um, dealing with customers, setting boundaries. Like Paul's pretty much just just outlined the whole how to run a successful trade business <laughs> in today's episode. So uh, saved us a lot of work, actually. He really has. It's nice and easy. <laughs> and he's even going to take my spot in the next uh, CrossFit comp with another mate of ours because I've busted my wrist. So. Um, that he's was, just an all-around nice guy. He is, he is. But he, mm. but he does have a few flaws, and he shared those with us today. So uh, have you a listen too. and uh, see what you think. Enjoy. All righty. So joining us on the podcast today is my co-host Nicole Cox. Howdy. Hey, <laughs> going, Nick. Good. How are you? Great. Thanks. And we've also got well, all our guests are special guests, but I think I think this one is particularly special. Uh, he's he's a friend of mine. Am I allowed to call you a friend, Paul? Yeah, I'd, I'd go there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to refer to him as a friend. I might not be a friend of mine after today, um, but a friend of mine, Paul Dolly from Dolly Concreting. Welcome to the show, mate. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, mate. Welcome, Pleasure. Paul. Now, uh, today we're basically going to talk to you as what what we term a real tradie story. So, you know, you've you've made the cut, mate. You're, uh, you're considered a real tradie. Mm-hmm. Um, although someone recently in the group, um, the Traders in Business group, 
was talking about the fact that that's more of a negative connotation, uh, yeah. being called a tradie. <laughs> I don't know. I've always thought of it more as a positive thing, but um, I guess we'll have our own perspective on that. Mate, tell our listeners a little bit about who Paul Dolly is and uh, how you came to be you know, one of the best concreting businesses in Australia. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, so where do I start? What was the start? <laughs> well, you were born. I was born. Yep. Um, well, basically, before the age of 24, I was actually a spray painter. Um, my parents owned a spray painting business in town. My dad's a uh, tradesman house painter. Um, oh, yeah. But a painter and decorator, I think they called them. Yeah, blue, yeah, maybe. Yep. Yeah, um, he was pretty handy at spray painting as long as as well as my brother, um, my older brother, um, who his first job was a was a panel beater, um, and then it sort of came to a bit of a head around when I was finishing school that they opened up a um, panel and paint business. Yeah, right. And then um, so I I left school and I went to work for them uh, for a few years. Um, maybe about three or four years, I think, from leaving school and um, mm-hmm. moved on. Uh, I think, I don't know what happened at the time, but the, the panel and paint shop closed down, so I, I went and worked for another couple of spray painters around town and stuff like that. and mm-hmm. um, Pretty much got to a point where I was sort of, I was getting I was getting sick every day. Like I was going home with a cold and I was no. getting headaches and... Wouldn't have been from the fumes or yeah, anything, though, mate. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> of course I mean, it, it probably went for about 12 months, and um, it got to a point where I was like, I think I need to get outdoors. Mm. Um, so I just started scratching through the paper and and found a um, concreter's labourer job um, going in Toowoomba here. And it was... Um, they had advertised, I think, $17 an hour, which I think I was on $16 an hour spray paint. So <laughs> It's a I good step up, mate. Yeah, you know, like I probably can't go wrong here. I can have a crack and make more money and and see how it goes. And um, yeah, I got my first job concreting, and um, I, was, I was very green. I didn't know didn't know what the tools were called, or, or didn't know how to do anything, pretty much. Um, yeah, but I I, I I sort of jumped in the deep end a bit, and I think I think probably the first four to six weeks, I'd go home every afternoon and lay on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> with my back and go what have i done what have i done um but yeah it's sort of um i learned really fast because I, I probably am a bit of a fast learner um from from going to knowing nothing to um my first concreting job to to actually running my boss's crew was about maybe a six month window um i don't know probably looking back what the standard was like back then mm. if you know what i mean must like have been pretty I, low mate if yeah you know. i know i know <laughs> i know um i wouldn't like to go have a look at some of those jobs but, <laughs> um, mostly flat yeah yeah um but yeah I, I left my first concreting job and went went um i moved on uh to a really really fussy guy um who was really well known in town here um really hard on his on his men for a reason because he wanted quality Yep. Um, yep. so I, I, um, bit the bullet and took a job up with him. I don't know. I can't recall why at the time it might've been a little bit more money or, or I might've been chasing that or I'm not too sure. Um, and yeah, I, I worked for, um, I worked for him for about, uh, three years in total. Um, my first year there was, was really green. I was, I was like back to where, 
starting to learn to concrete again because yeah. I, I went from my first concreting boss to running his crew to this guy who was super fussy and i was like i don't know anything here yeah, like, yeah so it was probably one of the best things i did um yep. I, I got to relearn everything um start fresh and i had i worked with a couple of really good guys he had a small crew of about four guys and they were all around that 40 40 year old mark and and didn't really take any crap yep and yep. told told us how it was didn't beat around the bush so um yeah, looking back, it was probably one of the best things I did. I I formed a pretty good friendship with one of the guys there, mm-hmm. who who was one of the head finishers, um, and he he took me under his wing and he showed me pretty much everything that I needed to know and and more. Mm. Um, and then just I think um, the the guy I was working for, he was he was sort of pushing sixty. And he was um, he was looking to get out, and and a few of the guys that worked for him sort of knew that, and they they all sort of parted ways and that, and mm. I I stuck around, and probably the last eighteen months, twelve months, I I sort of worked my way up to um, running the crew there, um, and then I think probably the last six months, I, I think he wasn't well, I know he wasn't coming into work at all. He was just doing the quieting and. And I was pretty much sorting the boys out here and there and, and the jobs and the customers and all that sort of stuff and got to a point where I was like um, sitting there one day and thought, you know, I'm, I'm probably doing all this work. I'm probably the only thing I'm not doing is collecting the, <laughs> sending the out invoices. Check, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I put it to him. Um, I just said, look, I'm, I've got goals and going out of my own. Um, I, didn't, I didn't want it to go bad or anything like that. Um, and I, I actually put in, I got my trade certificate, uh, went for my uh, BSA license, and then I gave him a date of, so this was um, 2007, um, and I gave him a date of about six months ahead, and I said, look, November, 1st November 2007, I'm going to go out on my own. Mm. Um, I don't know what you're going to do. You look like you're going to retire. Like, I talked to him about it, so yeah. 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 Um, and sort of overnight, he came back at me um, with an offer to buy to buy all his tools and and gear and stuff like that, um, and and the business and the goodwill and all that sort of stuff. And I I sort of I went home for a few days and thought about it, and I I went back to him and said, look, I'm, I don't know if I can buy your goodwill because I don't I don't believe there is goodwill. <laughs> you know, I I believe that. You are the goodwill. Um, mm. It's a tough know. thing with businesses is uh, everyone thinks it's worth more. Well, yeah. most people think it's worth more than it probably is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I, I know, I know what he was trying to sell it for because um, I'd seen it advertised the business on yep. the internet. So um, he came back um, at me with, with half of what he was trying to sell it for. And I sort of stuck to my guns and I said, look, I'm, I'm going to go out in November, whether it's my, me, myself, or yeah, whether yeah. I go out with a couple of boys, I'm, I'm going to do it because this is what I want to do. Yep. Um, and then overnight, he sort of came back and he, he'd sort of cut his price by um, two thirds. Yeah. And it was pretty much, and we sat down, I sat down with Megan and sort of worked it out. And it was like, um, pretty much we added up all the gear because there was a few vehicles involved and a bobcat and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. we were like, you know, this is this is the price. This is what, if we went to buy it, this is what we'd be paying. Mm. So he pretty much knocked all the goodwill and, and all the 
whatever else he yep. sort of had on top. And um, yeah, I took him up on his offer just to buy his gear off him. Mm-hmm. Um, because that the last 12 months or so, I was, I was dealing with the builders and the customers. So I knew I had that base there. Yeah, yeah. Um, they all knew that he was going to retire. Um, and then I was going to go out of mine. So I sort of, I felt like I had a bit of a window there to to work in with the so customers and build, build good relations with yeah. the customers and the builders. So, and, and transition-wise, um, 1st of November, it was just like another day of work. Like it just went from working for Ian one day mm. to working for myself the next day. Well, there was no sort of yep. high or low period. It just went from, yeah, it was a really smooth transition. Yeah, yeah. And so, so fast forward uh, a bit over 10 years now, mate, 11 years? 11 years, we just ticked that um, yeah. And what's the business look like now? Yeah, it's, it's grown a bit. I think um, we we started off with uh, four employees that he had um, came with me um, from the 1st of November 07. Yep. Um, and then we sort of, we, we've been up and down over the years with um, bigger jobs, smaller jobs and, and stuff like that. Yep. Um, we've... Two years ago, I think we were up to about 22 staff. Um, um, that was to take on a, a fairly big job out at Charlton. Mm-hmm. Um, got to the end of that and it, it felt like it was a bit too big, um, a bit unmanageable. Right. Um, so we scaled that down, um, which, which was a good opportunity to sort of... Um, the guys who aren't performing, it, it really stands out. When, you, when you're looking to scale down, you can really... Yeah, I, I feel like you can really see who's not working, um, mm. and it was a really, really good way to do it. And we're we're down to fourteen now, and it's we've been like that for yeah a couple of years now, and mm. yeah, seem to be seem to be good at that number. Still um, pretty impressive growth, mate. Like even scaling back from twenty two to fourteen, um, that's mm. a sizable business. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it, I mean, Monday mornings are a bit of a headache. Um, <laughs> It's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a retraining day, yep. um, but saying that we've we've sort of built some good some good key guys there. Mm. Um, we've had last year we've had um, two of our main men tick over the ten years with us, so from day yeah, one. Wow. Um, and as of this year, I had my brother um, tick over his ten years, um, and then we've got another couple just notching up their five years now. So. Um, that's great we've got some key guys there that, mm. that we look after as well mm. um, and in, in return they give us what we want yeah I think that says more about what you guys are doing in your business than it actually says about those stuff yeah it, it's it's clearly that you guys are setting the right example and doing what needs to be done for the retention it's not an easy thing to have staff retention particularly mm. with concreters which you leads say... me to my question I really do <laughs> so Paul, we didn't cover this earlier. I'm a yep. builder's wife yep. and I spent quite a few years scheduling our jobs, doing mm-hmm. project management for our company. Mm-hmm. There are two types of concreters in my experience. There's concreters and concreatures. Which <laughs> one are you? <laughs> I I have had plenty of concreatures work for us. <laughs> I bet um, you have. That, that come and go, but they, they don't hang a, hang around a long time. Um, like I've said, I've got, I've got some really key guys in in good positions um and they're real real clicky bunch to get along with um so anyone that sort of comes in and um carries on a bit and and overrates himself or or um yeah basically says 
they yep. can do something which you know they can't after the first 10 minutes, yep. um, <laughs> they don't last long. Um, they're on the outer straight away. Um, so we've tried to build that bit of a culture over Great. over the years and I, I, I think it does work. Um, it, it's hard work. It's very mm. hard work. So how have you gone about doing that, mate? Because we've had a couple of very brief chats um, mm. over the time I've known you, which is not long to be honest, but uh, you know, we talk about culture and, and we talk about culture on the podcast and I talk to wingman clients and I know Nick talks to clients as the builder's wife about you need a good culture and you've got to foster this culture and that's what you know is going to build your business and everything. Mm-hmm. What is it and how did you build it, mate? Did it just happen by accident or did you do things consciously? I, um, well, I'm, I'm probably a bit of a softer sort of guy. Or you may not know that was, but I am. <laughs> um, I, I don't I'm, normally tell you to your face that you're soft, mate. Cause yeah. <laughs> for our listeners, uh, we, we've got to share, mate, because this is an audio platform and they're probably thinking, you know, who is this guy we're listening to? He sounds he sounds like a sweetheart, doesn't he? Um, but uh, give us your stats, mate. You, you're how tall and what do you weigh? Uh, six foot. Yep. Uh, 102 at the moment. Yep. And what's your deadlift? Uh, one, uh, 252. 252 Holy kilo Molly. deadlift. And your back squat, mate? Uh, 195. Uh, you haven't wow. hit 200 yet. So, no. So <laughs> Paul is not a little fella. <laughs> is that how you've built the team, mate? You've just intimidated the just, shit out just of everybody? Told just told them they got to build it. <laughs> um, no one back chats the big fella. I don't know what it is. Look, I, I try... I try. It's a, it's a really hard line to stay to stay on because you want you want to be their mate, your employee's mate. Because um, I feel like you get. See, when I was coming up um, with with my really hard boss, I was yelled at and yelled at every day. Yeah. Um, and and it probably made me a better concreter, but I I sort of wanted to do a different approach to it. Like I'm I'm not a like I I will crack the shits and um, say what I think, but it, it, it normally brews up over time. Um, so I'm probably a bit, I like talking to the guys and, and talking about their weekends and, and taking them out to dinner and um, taking them to the footy and, and stuff like that, which I, I think it builds a bit of a mateship bonding between the boys. Mm. Um, and I think I think that, um, that mateship that they build it 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 can be a bit detrimental because like i said before it's really hard for other guys to fit in um so i don't actually know how it's built but it it has done and i yeah it's it's a hard thing to put my finger on i think as we touched on before it's just a reflection of who you are as a person often it's something that organically grows through your own experiences and how you want to do something different than what you've had before so the benefits of having that real picky boss obviously comes through in the quality of your work mm-hmm. which you want to pass on to your next generation so your employees yeah however you don't want to do it in the same way he did with that regimentation and the discipline yeah. in the format that he did so i guess it's a blending of of um expecting a standard to be reached which is obviously yep. what you do if the quality's still there and then it's blending that with the time at the footy and catching up with the the boys i suppose yeah combination of all of that but team culture is can make or break a business and, and i i no think time. i think probably jumping in the trenches with them too um yes. helps um 
I have I have tried. Like I've, I've we've made plenty of mistakes in the business. Um, I probably about twelve months ago, I I probably had about four months where I scaled right back from the business. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to be more of a management role. I didn't I didn't probably put on my gum boots for like four or five months. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to a point where I was probably a bit too lax about it. Um, and I felt like our culture was changing a bit. Um, there was a lot of niggling with the boys and um, just just seemed to be lacking a bit of leadership. Um, I, I wasn't even coming there in the mornings um, to get the boys going. So I, mm-hmm. I was sort of staying at home, letting them get going, and then I'd go and do the rounds and check on them and stuff like that. But, yeah, I felt, I felt things change, and so I sort of knocked that on the head pretty quick. And, um, yeah... See, I, I think being there, even just sort of being there at five thirty in the morning, just having a chat and having a coffee um, before the boys get going, and then and then actually going out and you know jumping into a house floor and and doing a pool with the boys where you can have a chat and a joke and and stuff like that. And um, generally, when we do that, we're sort of off the tools by ten or eleven o'clock, and 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 the boys are happy because you've spent a bit of time with them, um, mm. talked about their weekend and mm. and what they got going on and. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So I, I think I think that's a really key part. Like as much as I'd love to be just management role in the business, um, which are, you know, getting older, you you probably want to step back a little bit. I, I think it's really important to to have your business strong. You you've got to be there for your boys and your your staff as well. Mm. Um, it doesn't run. It doesn't run without you. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I was reading something interesting recently about um, passive income from a business, mm-hmm. and and how there's there's this idea that oh you get your business to the stage where it just generates this passive income, and the particular um, commentator was basically saying how that's a crock of shit, mm-hmm. um, and that it's not passive income, it's leveraged income, mm-hmm. and so you know you can make three hundred grand a year for 30 or 40 hours a week as a business owner versus the 100k you used to make for 60 hours a week mm-hmm. busting your hump yeah and, and so it's getting the business to that stage where it does work better mm-hmm. and makes more money probably for the same time input but on different tasks yeah that's right have you have you found that's shifted for you over time mate where you know you think back when you started obviously you were on the tools a lot oh it was it was crazy like the first when you first go into business is pretty hectic and, and it's very stressful not knowing because we had a thousand questions to ask my old boss about <laughs> like what how much money do we need in a bank to get going like, you know like we got, yeah, yeah. we're gonna have bills straight away what and they were just like you know just let it go like we got you know you you got builders that they pay on time you you it'll work and yep i think um I think we started with we might have had five thousand in the bank and we had four staff in the first week. <laughs> it was like, that, that's pretty stressful, you <laughs> yeah. know. Like it's, paying wages, yeah. Um, and and that that first couple of years, like we had a couple of big jobs on, and and I I struggled to say no to people. So we were quoting jobs, we were winning them. Um, didn't know how to say no, so we we took on all this work, which which means you're working eighty hours a week and then coming mm. home and you're trying to trying to do your invoices and quotes at night and um my my boy my my middle boy he was born um in 2008 and like his first couple of years is a blur like i yeah so Mm -hmm. i'm probably more i'm more to the side of um now like the kids are more important than work so i we've 
probably the fact that we have that 14 staff at the moment like it, it's a good number to to let us um do our our nine hour day or, or 10 hour day whatever we need to do and i i prefer the boys to get away at three o'clock in the arvo and yep. spend time with the the kids and the family and stuff like that because it, it just you, you can see it on them the next day they're so much fresher rather yeah. than working working big hours like six to six or six to seven or something like that so yeah, yeah. um i'm a saturdays i'm i refuse like yeah unless it's an absolute emergency um i'll refuse to work the boys saturdays because they only get that one day off and i just don't think it's enough time to 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 reset for yeah. the week yeah um so, especially because yeah. it's it's a it's a hard job you know we take the the mickey out of concreters yeah um and uh you know like any industry i guess or any trade there's there's good and bad um but it's a bloody tough job like always outside and and it gets pretty warm up here on the range mate so. yeah yeah that's right and i mean the the young fellas that come out of school and they want to they want to try concrete and like we'll we'll probably go through about uh I, I we always say we go through about 10 guys to get one one stayer um which i i don't know what other industries are like i'd, I'd say it'd be pre- pretty similar um and then that i mean we've we had a guy come out of school this year um he wanted to give concrete in a go he was he was he was pretty obese and um overweight um and he'd freely admit that um after six months he's been with us he's he's trimmed down immensely um he fits in well with the boys he, he just takes everything on the chin and he is so happy just because he's lost all this weight and and That's just got manual manual labor and yeah. and stuff mm. like that so yeah, yeah yeah he loves it yep what sort of challenges have you faced in your business that you wish you had have sort of known about beforehand so you could prepare for challenges there's a challenge every monday morning <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like oh shit we're still here we've got to do it again yeah <laughs> like i i guess um probably time tracking um when when you quote in the early days like i found when i quoted in the early days you sort of you're probably winging it a bit um you're sort of guessing on on how long things are going to take especially the commercial jobs mm. um and it's only probably after the after probably the first five years we started tracking um expenses and um job costings and, and stuff like that that we actually mm-hmm. sort of we have that well we probably got five years of data behind us now because we we started halfway in and um that's one big thing that we i, I wish i'd done sooner because um, like i said before you make a lot of mistakes and we probably still will make a mountain of mistakes but um of course just that um the job costings are probably a, a big one. Just having that data on a computer file, just to know that when you when you have that next job come up, you've got you've got something there to look back on, and you you can go into your jobs and quotes like really confident. Mm. Um, mm. And we find that now with um, with newer concreters in town that sort of take on these commercial jobs, like we we've lost a couple of jobs um, that we were super confident on. Um, we we've lost a couple by half of our quote at some some stages. Wow. So um, and, and I mean you can sit there and and tell project managers that you know that doesn't work, um, but that, you know it's a, it's a dollar at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's a, a hard one. So that that's probably the main the main thing. Um, how do you how do you deal with that, Paul? Deal with it. Yeah. Um, they always come back. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the guys are going 
too cheap um and you know they're going in too cheap um we we've been lucky we've had enough work and we always seem to have enough work in the in the pipeline that um we can sort of stand our ground a bit um mm. and and they pretty much everyone that we've the commercial side of things that we've lost a job to they've always they've always come back because because mm. the, the trade the concrete is not going anymore or they haven't you yeah. know they've they've done a runner to victoria or something <laughs> like that or they're at the pub at two o'clock like yeah 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 like so, creatures. <laughs> so pretty much we just stand our ground and and um yeah, we just we're confident on on how we quote and what we do now. So, um, I pretty much just going on the data. We we have it there to back us all the time. So, mm. uh, we know what works and what doesn't work. So, yep. Paul, do you have any kind of um, sales process that you've developed over that time? Not really. Like like I said before, when I started, I, I formed some really good relationships with with a lot of builders um mm-hmm. my previous boss he was really hard and he wouldn't he wouldn't put up with guys that wouldn't pay and and stuff like that so he he wouldn't literally do work for guys that were late payers and slow payers and stuff like that so um when we transitioned into the business um we we took with us a good bunch of builders good payers we, we always paid on our 14 days and we and we still are so um Getting back to that, we've gone off track there, haven't I? <laughs> we, we do so all the time. We're just talking mate. about a, a sales process. Oh, and sales can, pro- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. Like, you know, as a builder, to find a good tradie in any capacity can be really, really difficult. So mm. once you've got one, you're hanging on. You're going to do whatever it yeah. takes to keep them there. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much sales process. Like, we, we don't do a lot of um, – we do a lot of Facebook um mm-hmm. marketing and and stuff like that which which is just done between megan and myself in the office so we'll, we'll put our pictures of our jobs up and and stuff like that how how progress how con- commercial jobs are progressing mm-hmm. al- along the way and stuff like that which we um we, we seem to get a a fair few people talking about stuff like that um mm-hmm. but as far as sales prices we don't we don't really have um too much in place because we we've touch touch wood we've been really lucky the last 10 years that we've always had that steady flow of work um mm-hmm. which sort of comes down i think to having that that good bunch of boys that work for you that want to do good work um mm-hmm. that you sort of get along with and you're not you're not arguing with and um yeah it's interesting that you you sort of point to your good team as part of that sales success there's yeah. not there's not too many businesses, let alone trade businesses, that would say, you know, the reason we keep getting work is because of our people. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of it's it's something we're really proud of. Like we, there's, I don't know too many businesses that can that have held staff for as long as we have. Um, not that I talk to too many either, um, so we I can't do. say too much. <laughs> um, we do, and it's not it's not the common uh, not happening yeah, situation. Yeah. But um so i don't know i just yeah they're they're, they're the key um yeah. you, you have to if you want your staff to look, to stick around you have to look after them um and it's it's uh i mean it's one of the reasons I've, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast mate um and i wish we hadn't waited till november because 
I'm sitting here looking at your moustache, mate, because as we record this, listeners, it's it's the back end of November 2018, and uh, Paul is sporting the dirtiest looking... Uh, <laughs> I know Paul likes to say it's a porn star moustache, but, but I've been a bit a little less complimentary about what I think it looks like. You know you like it. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit sweaty here, mate. Um, but I have wanted to chat to you because, uh, you know, you... you often reference your team as mm. you know when you talk about the success of your business it's about your people it's not about you or your sales process or your branding or your your facebook ads or mm. your pricing or anything it's it's usually about your people and mm. and you mentioned it earlier you know you are you are a nice guy you're a good bloke you've got a great reputation around town i mean you you're coaching kids at crossfit and you're heavily involved with you know football club sort of revival and all that sort of stuff um, I guess I don't know if our listeners are thinking this, but I'm sitting here going, so, so what is your secret? Because so many tradies seem to struggle with staff, getting them and keeping them and and turning them into good ones. And it's not like you you're dealing with brain surgeons here, mate. Like they're concreters with all yeah, due respect. Yeah, like like I said before, like I, I we've come to the conclusion that we have to go through ten to get a good one. So we we have, if we're looking for a staff member, we have two rough months where we're employing guys and trialing them and and stuff like that um and and nine out of ten of them don't work so um it gets a bit it gets a bit painful that way um i don't know i don't know what it is what we do differently to anyone else i i don't i know in the concreting industry like guys chopping chains mm. everywhere and and generally we find um, if we if we get a a concrete finisher ringing us looking for a job, there's normally there's normally a reason why he's he's not working at the last place. Um, mm. So a, a lot of other concreters are like I can I can send a quick text to and just say look this guy's asking for a job like um, what what's the deal? Um, I normally get filled in pretty quick. So um, we try and steer clear of troublemakers. Um, mm. We've had we've had a few rats in the camp that'll that'll start stories behind boys backs and and stuff yep. like that and um i normally nip that in the butt straight away like i just won't yep. put up with it um and it's just it's just having that core group of guys there that that sort of think on the same wavelength as you um and and i've been able to build that over mm. time um and we sort of i guess the builders too like we we generally have, um, or have my main man that works under me, um, who's who's one of the guys that's been there for ten years, um, and then we have three leading hands that run run a small crew on each job, um, so we assign them to a job, and generally, generally I'll let the builder know that look, this this is guy is going to be on your job from start to finish. Um, any questions, any queries, here's his number. Um, so just so it's not a so mm. so that yeah, our yeah. client's got a direct route to what's going on yeah. and it's not like a three-way phone call and things are getting missed stuff like that so mm. i think builders and um, customers really appreciate that sort of sort of thing too yeah yeah i guess uh you know when i listen to you talk about it uh you're an ex-leaguey um mm -hmm. when was the last time you played mate uh it would have been when megan fell pregnant with emily <laughs> so 26 <laughs> but uh it, it's almost like you know 
developing that footy squad where you, you handpick a few good ones and mm-hmm. then you have a heap of guys try out and they have, have a, a run and yeah, yeah. And, and that core group start to influence the reasonable ones yeah. but then as the, the coach or the captain you're cutting guys that just aren't worth yeah. it and you're doing it quick yeah you don't yeah. you don't let those things fester no no I, I sort of i try and nip it in the butt straight away so if i hear a niggle going on um i'll just approach who's who the niggles came from mm. and, and just sort it out like and it it doesn't normally get heated it's normally just a oh someone said this someone said this and we and i generally i find the best way to sort stuff out is get the two guys that are niggling and put them together in front of you and just say mm-hmm. look what what's the problem let's sort this out and it, pr- it probably helps when you're your side <laughs> no one's well, gonna argue with you it generally <laughs> sorts out in about five minutes flat and it's yeah. pretty good like we all move on and everyone's happy so yeah. um it's a good way to do it yeah yeah cool i want to talk a little bit about um the expansion of the business and then the downsizing because you know those are quite challenging times those tipping points in any business. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like when you've been speaking that, it, that that's something that you've done more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you approach that? How did you formulate a plan for expanding the business? And then how do you do that on the reverse to think about how to downsize that business? Um, generally, upsizing, like we, we were at a point, um, it probably would have been roughly around that five years ago, we were at a point where things were going really well the business was strong and we were like you know what we could be as big as we want to be um like we we seem to have the quote requests coming through we we sort of started job costings around that time we knew what we were quoting and and we were sort of sitting there going you know like we we could be we could be massive in toowoomba Mm. um and we, we i think around that time we started winning a few extra jobs and um the biggest issue we had was was just getting that staff um just getting the right ones because like i said you go through that 10 to get one good yeah um mm. if if you want to increase your workforce by five people you know there's a lot of people you got to go through to find that <laughs> yeah so um transitioning wise it it probably um we, like i said before we've made a lot of mistakes um and we've probably um we got hold of a footy club um, at one point where we won a large job and they had a heap of Kiwis that come over from mm. um, New Zealand to play football and, and we put about four of the guys on. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they were good labourers. Like, I mean, but every Monday they'd be injured or hurt or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it was really it was really hard. And then I, I guess I guess that um, that tipping point at, at 22 was was really a bit of a stressful time um because we were we were sort of having guys um having a day off and i i probably wasn't getting around to all the jobs because we had that many jobs going on and i i wouldn't even know that some guys weren't even there that day yeah. um so it's sort of transitioning wise it, it, it's it's really easy i think to build um because you can get guys that are looking for jobs but but not the right guys um mm. and you hit you you can win a big job and you can hit panic stations and say look i need i need six guys mm. um go and employ six guys that don't know anything and then wondering why your leading hands are whinging going yeah, yeah. we're not getting any faster yep. we're getting slower yep. mm. um so so growing's growing's getting guys was the easy part getting the right guys was really hard um but yeah we got to that tipping point at 22 and we just like we're losing control 
Mm. Um, I, I didn't want the guys under me having to take on more pressure um, yeah. by stepping up another level. So, um, yeah, we finished a we finished a large job, and it was just like, nah, we're gonna have to we'll, we'll go back. Mm. And, and to be honest, we're making the same amount of money as what we were making when we were, had the extra seven eight staff. So, mm. um, so often the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just having the right people in the right positions. So, um, yeah, it's a learning curve. Yeah, it's a, it's a never-ending learning. Curve, <laughs> yeah, <mate>. yeah. <laughs> I was just going to ask if you had any help in your business, Paul. So obviously you've got your staff, but mm-hmm. learning how to run a business is not something that comes to us all um, naturally. Mm-hmm. I think from our conversation that I can determine that. It is, you're definitely a leader. So that part of your personality is a natural part of your personality for you. But did you get help along the way, you know, whether it be from people that you had watched in the industry and admired and they gave you advice or whether did you you implement a coach at some point? What sort of things did you do to help you get your business to this point? Um... I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> they're a great um, tool. They, they're a massive tool. Um, I, uh, we, I guess we didn't really have anyone in our corner. Um, I had my previous boss that had sort of helped me out for the first few months, but he was um, um, he was there for a little bit and, and if I'd ring him, he'd tell me something. But um, I, I think that having that security of before starting the business that last 12 6 to 12 months of running my boss's business um with him still in the corner um calling the shots um so i couldn't make mistakes um it it was it was just a really smooth transition from that Mm. um so i probably did make a lot of mistakes in that time but he was covering them and and he'd tell me if I did um so it was just sort of a I think I was at the point like I just I wanted to be a business owner so I had to learn um and I had to like obviously you have to make mistakes um to learn um so I just I watched everyone like a hawk um other concreters and how to do things and and stuff like that um I just took it all in um Mm. And I guess I guess along the way it's just the just the learning curve of of making mistakes and improving on those mistakes and make sure they don't happen again and mm. um, and things like that. Like I'm, I probably have have more of a passion now um, in making sure our builders and customers are happy than what I do in actual concreting, if that makes sense. Yep. Yes. Um, so I, I, I want to make sure that they're happy at the end of the day and then that's that's where my passion is more so than the concreting side of things and that's where I think we're pretty lucky having those having that core group of guys that have a passion for concrete because um, mm. it works hand in hand, I feel. Mm. So, um, yeah. So I want to ask you, mate, about working with Megan. You've, you've mentioned her a few times, being mm-hmm. your lovely wife. Mm-hmm. Um She's uh, she must be a patient woman, mate. Very, uh, <laughs> like most of our wives. Um, how how have you guys gone working together? You know, you've been doing it for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. it, did, does it go well? Have you guys uh, learned any tough lessons there either? I mean, do you just shut your mouth and let her have her say? Or? Oh, she she grounds <laughs> me a lot. Um, I'm a bit out there with um, with probably 
and and I've always been this way. Like if we if we need a a certain tool or or certain equipment for a job, I'm the type of person. Whereas I'll just go get it, because um, I want it done right. Um, whereas I know I know my old boss, he'd be like, no, nah, just make this work, make just use that, make that work. <laughs> whereas I'm a bit different like that, and and she grounds me a lot in that ways. Like she'll she'll question what I'm what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she gets a bit stressed too, you know, like when the, when the, um, cash flow is a bit poor, if someone's holding off paying for, for mm. an extra week or something like that, there's, um, mm. I normally cop it because I'm, I'm pretty pally with the builders and, yeah. um, yeah. she can send, she can send five or six emails to a builder and I'll just send a quick text and the money will be paid. So, <laughs> 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 um, I, 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 and and that's a relationship I have built up with the guys, um, with the mm. builders. So um, yeah, I, it, it gets it gets heated some days. Like I I get I get told to settle down, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> generally we work well together. Um, she she's very um, she does she does the um, all the account not the accounting but the book work yeah, for yeah. the business yep. and stuff like that she's really good at that the the mm-hmm. accountants praise her all the time so mm-hmm. um she does that between the school teaching and um comes into the office a few times a week mm. and um does the pays and and all that sort of stuff so i mean it's it's a busy household for you guys you got three kids and a business and 14 staff and mm-hmm. you know your wife does a bit of work elsewhere plus mm-hmm. working in the business and mm-hmm. You both train. Uh, you're coaching kids, and you've, you've just picked up a uh, another job as uh, the head of the footy club, mate. So yeah. uh, congratulations on that one. But how the bloody hell do you manage it all? How do you how do you not end I, up? I'm still learning, and I, I reckon I've got to learn to say no. <laughs> 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 um, I I don't know. I guess with the business, like a lot of the, if we have a major problem with the business, I'll get a phone call. Um, and I think, I think having those leading hands that have direct contact with the customers, um, if there's a, if there's a minor issue on a job, which, uh, um, no offense, Nick, but a builder always wants to ring after hours and let you know about of course. it. Of <laughs> yep. course. So when there's a minor issue like that, um, they'll generally ring the direct contact that we, like mm. our leading hands. So mm. I probably won't know about it till the next day, um, mm. which is good because when I, when I get home, I want to switch off. Yeah. Um. And and we try and do that as much as we can. So um, yeah. I normally try and put the phone on silent and yep. Um, throw it on the bench and go and play with the kids or go and train or something like that. So mm. um, yeah. It's a it's it's a hard one, but we get by. I still feel like um, our our priority with the accountants and and we've told them that this is where we want to go because i mean accounts always pushing you to go bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> um but we've sort of put our foot down there and said no you know we're we're at where we're at we don't want to grow anymore we're we you know the business is profitable we're turning over we've got good customers and this is where we want to be you know um so so now we have that down pat like we we can sort of work on the family side of things um which yeah, it it works. So um, we're generally home by half past two or three o'clock in the afternoon, and um, got plenty of time for the kids and and stuff like that. So yeah, I um I guess a lot of us go into business so that we have that little bit of flexibility into our daily lives. I'm intrigued to know, as somebody who struggles to say no, how do you make time on a daily basis for your family? That's 
always a challenge. But when you're a, a yes man, I suppose it's the right way to say it, and then mm-hmm. you're happy to say yes to, to more and more work or challenges or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. How do you prioritize that time? And is that something that you learnt or is it something that you've always done? Oh, it's something I've, I'm definitely still working on and I've learnt over the last few years. Um, just as the kids are getting older now, like Emily's, Emily's 12 and Chloe's the youngest, she's 10. Um, Coop's in the middle there. So um, it, it's definitely something um, probably on a daily basis that you have to make mindful of. Um, yeah, otherwise it just, it, you know, your week can slip away and, you, and you're mm-hmm. like, you know what, I didn't even help Emily with her homework um and stuff like that so i think it's something you got to have subconsciously built into you um and i think you have to train it that way um so you do so you do set aside time um for yourself and for your kids and and your wife and and stuff like that so Mm. yeah i agree i i see so many business owners particularly men who've really struggled to put that in place. It's some, it really is a learned skill. It's something that you have to remind yourself of on a, almost a daily basis that there is that family at home that wants to spend time with you and enjoy your company as well and not just work, dad. Um, mm, I guess, yeah. And I guess as a woman, it's mothers have this instinctual guilt that comes the moment we're pregnant. We're guilty about everything all the time. Yep. But I don't think that men explain that they feel the same way a lot of the time. So it's it's important to me to highlight that, you know, there are people like yourself out there working day after day, trying to do a good job, be a great business owner, be a good husband, be a good dad and be a good person. Mm. It's hard. You're feeling that same pressure and guilt that the rest of us feel. Yeah, for sure. So it's for great sure. to for sure. touch I, on how it is that you make those decisions. Yeah, and I guess I guess that's how we built the business like, because I know I keep referring back to it, but we have that good bunch of boys there where, mm. you know, if um, if one of our kids is getting an award on assembly at one o'clock, like I, I can shoot off and do that. Um, and I guess, I guess that's where we built the business um, to that point where if I need to go and do something, I can do it. Like I, there's times where I've filled in at the gym down there at, at 9.15, you know, like I can take off for an hour and, and no one sort of misses me. Um, so I think it, we have built that business to the point where I have that flexibility. Mm. Um, it's mm. taken a long time to get there mm. um, because I've always been so relied upon and I probably still am. Um, um, but yeah, that's the way I like it. Like I, I like things run my way. Um, so I find it hard to let go. <laughs> you and every other business owner, mate. <laughs> yeah. 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 So curious to know if you've got any advice for tradies in general, mate, without singling out builders, because I think everybody likes to poke the stick at builders uh, within the trades. I was, I was chatting to an electrician who came to do a bit of work at my house yesterday, and uh, inevitably the conversation turned to the trades and, you know, dealing with other trades and, you know, having a rib at the builders. Um, and I think they get the rough end of the pineapple because they're sort of, you know, they're the ones at the centre of most of those projects anyway. But mm. If, if there were some words of wisdom, I guess you could share with our listeners, whether they're plumbers or landscapers or whatever, in terms of running a good trade business, what, what are some things you wish that they would all do? Um, just just some key things. And I, I probably, we had a 10-year, um, I put a 10-year post up on our Facebook page um, with a bit of a spiel about about how we've made plenty of mistakes over the years. But uh, I mean, priority is we pay our staff on time. 
Um, we pay our bills on time and or ahead of time. Um, we never let them lag at all. Um, we always make make way. So, so our two our two like our suppliers and our our core group of staff, all, all of our staff are paid on time. Um, I think that's really important, and I think that can get lost a bit, little bit. Um, you get some some guys around town will just pay bills when they want to and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, look, there. I mean, there's advice. Just trying to think. Well, I mean, there's a lot of talk about the state of of the trade industries in Australia, and you know, some of the talk's positive, and and unfortunately, a lot of it is negative. Mm. Um, I mean, what's your view, mate? Do you think trades or tradies, uh, on the whole, doing a good job, or you know, do they need to pick up their act a bit? I, I think um, I think a lot of kids coming through these days, and we we've seen it over the last five or six years. A lot of kids coming out of school, they're they're very babied and cotton wooled, um, and we we find it harder and harder to find decent staff, um, be, because of that fact. Um, like concreting is a, and, and as well as any other trade, um, is it can be hard yakka. Um, so. Yeah, that's. I mean that that is that is going to be an issue. I I can see it coming through um, the future. Like, I mean we we've been lucky to get the guys we have, and and hopefully they all sort of are happy and and stay around for a long time. I'd love I'd love all my staff that I have at the moment to be there for the next ten or twenty years. You know, so um, yeah. It, I mean it, it. I could see I can see staffing being an issue. Um, in in the future, yeah, yeah. Just just for that fact is everyone is cotton wool these days, and and um, yeah, told yeah. they can make more money doing yeah yeah <laughs> something else. We need to we need to send a few of them to Dolly Concreting and yeah, give them yeah. a hard nut, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good old teaspoon of cement, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, look, uh, I could I could sit here and ask you a thousand questions, Paul. Uh, yeah. I, I I know Nick and I have talked a bit about the state of the industry, and and um, I know you're pretty passionate about your people, mate. Which which is an amazing thing to see, particularly in your trade. I think it's it's pretty impressive to see mm, the agreed. length of service that you're getting out of out of some of your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Nicole said, you know, obviously some good leadership there. As as I look at the iPad here. Because Nick's in the Brisbane studio and we're in the Toowoomba studio, and I can see one of your leading hands liking my Instagram posts oh, okay. coming up on the screen. I <laughs> 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 hope I said something nice. We should yeah, take a yeah. photo. But uh, it is after three o'clock in the afternoon, so I suspect he's done for the day. <laughs> yeah, that probably, yeah, that would have been knocked off by now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, look, mate, I just want to say thanks for for giving the time. Um, I know you are still a busy man. I mean, it. it probably sounds a little to the listeners like you know you're living this uh living the dream basically you know you're cruising around in the fancy new hilux you're you know you're, you're working out at the gym with your 300 kilo deadlift and uh and taking it easy but it's not the case i know you're very busy um so thanks for your time today mate yeah um nice. and best place to to find out more about you would just be at the website 
All the yeah, dubs, yeah. dollyconcreting.com.au. Dolly con- yeah, that's it. Yep. That's it. D-A-L-L-E-Y. If you're wanting to, Nick's, Nick's trying to take selfies of the, the I'm screen I'm trying to take here. photos of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, uh, I'll, get a, I'll get a selfie with Paul, although I'll probably have to stand on a box um, <laughs> before yeah, he goes. So that, uh, so that listeners, if you go to the website, tradiesinbusiness.com.au, I'll throw a photo up there of, uh, of me <laughs> and Dole and, uh, and you can see just how big I am not uh, <laughs> <laughs> standing next to this mountain of a man. Um, so yeah, mate. Uh, I guess one last question from me: What's next? Like, what's next for Dolly Concreting? Um, I, I think we're content. Um, we we have a good customer base. Um, we have good staff. Um, we we're poking along. The business is is going really well. Mm. Um, I can go home at three o'clock in the arvo and and switch off and. Um, that's another key point I have with my builders. I, um, I've actually begged them not to send an email or a text after three o'clock in the Arvo, and it actually works. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so right? everyone, everyone, most of our builders have small kids as well, and I've yeah. explained to them all that how a text or an email can sort of yeah. stuff your whole night. So, so you're teaching your customers, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's a relationship. Like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so but, true. But next, I, um, I've taken on this president role with the um, with getting this new down footy club back up. And and running mm. um probably another thing well, i can't say yes. no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so that, i mean that'll be next year and um things are things are going well on that the um the work front's nice and strong um yeah we could have a good workflow there and yeah it's family time trip to hawaii next year so um first first um big trip on a plane Nice, mate. So it'll be good, yeah. Might be the last. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> could be. <laughs> Hopefully the volcano stopped by then. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting times ahead. Well, yeah. thanks again for your time, mate. Uh, great to have you on the Traders in Business podcast, finally. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to trying to keep up with your lifting in the gym, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All good, mate. <laughs> thanks, Paul. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.